0: ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think hey i want to start my own then you need anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain first everyone's favorite word free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I swear, the weekend from hell had a whole new meaning for me. Was it enough that I caught my so-called boyfriend at a damn car wash getting a superhead treatment? No. How about the fact that this occurred only after a few hours? I found out his trifling ass had knocked me up. Not enough? Okay then. What about the fact that he and his brothers almost killed my godbaby and I had spent the night holding her mother in my arms as she cried her eyes out? Poor sin. Is that enough? Hello my beautiful people and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile. And we are on day 14, that's right, 14 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast. And I am so proud of myself. I can't believe I'm still doing this. But I am ready to jump into part two of The Beauty of This Street Love, A Texas Tale by L. Kason. Let's get started. So we're picking up where we left off in the last book where... The Kenzies blew up a house they knew belonged to the princes, but they didn't know that Aaron was related to them. So Aaron and Sinai were running out of that house. And when Sin found that out, she had to break up with Trip. And, you know, after the hospital, Shamar came home to take a shower and she's curled up on the couch with some ice cream because... She also found her boyfriend slash baby daddy at the car wash getting head from somebody else. So nobody's life is going right right now. But as she's on the couch, she hears keys in the door and she knows only two people have keys to her house. One is Sin and of course she's not showing up because she's somewhere with her baby. So that leaves Trey. And she tells him... You're not finna just be coming in and out my house. I need my key back. He ignores her and jumps into, you know, why you got that robe on? You better have been in the shower. I've been reading and you don't need to be sending a whole bunch of hot water. And it's like, as in expecting dad, now he's reading all the books and he knows everything. So he's telling her what to do. And she's not paying him no attention. And then he's asking her, you know, what did she eat? And she's like, you know, it's not like that between us. And you just need to leave me alone. But he tells her, you can stay mad as long as you want, but my baby don't catch ain't gonna catch the effects. And she tells him, Ain't nobody that going over you. I will be taking care of myself and my baby. I don't need you to be telling me nothing. And he tells her, you know, let's just fucking make up. I don't give a fuck about that girl. She set me up. And, you know, he's kissing on her. And it seems like she's into it. But then she starts whispering, I'm not going to be her. I'm not going to be her. And, you know, this throws Trey off guard. Because he's like, you're not going to be who? And come to find out, she has an aunt. And her uncle, the aunt's husband, is a hoe. He slept around their whole marriage and you know when she catches him when the aunt catches him he either blames her and she accepts it because she's insecure or he lies so much that she doubts herself so she's not believing what she saw and she says she stopped believing her own eyes and ears and instinct and because she's embarrassed to be around family because she knows and she knows that the whole family knows that her husband is cheating on her. She just stays away and stays with him. Trey is confused. He's like, you know, what does that have to do with us? And she says, Tremel, I saw you with my own eyes. I saw that bitch with my own eyes. You keep saying, let you explain. And even if she did somehow set you up, what made you ready to fall for? You're not a naive man. You knew she wanted you. Everybody knows that, Hell. And, you know, he's just expecting her to have more trust in him. But it's just like, if I come into a room and I see somebody down on their knees between your legs and it doesn't look like you're pushing them away. It looks like you're enjoying them. What could you possibly have to explain? And okay, say she did set you up. You guys were out in the open. You could have talked out in the open. You didn't need to go into a private office for her to get closure because that should have been step number one, or, you know, your first instincts, like, why are you trying to get me alone so bad? But he didn't do that. And so now he's feeling away. And he says, you said you trusted me, you lied. And Shemar says, I have to trust myself, Shemar. He said, do that. I won't try to explain again. And it's like, yeah, when you think about the pictures that were put up on Facebook, like how it was shot after shot, after shot of them talking. And it's like, How were these pictures put up so quickly if she was the one talking to him? But still, it's like, Trey, that's your own business. You were supposed to catch on to that. And, you know, like, you can't get mad at her for trusting her gut, which says, like, nigga, you doing dirt. We get a flashback to a year ago from Chantel's point of view. And she is 19 at this time. And her and Tamir are so in love and, you know, their relationship is going great. She texts him telling him, I got a surprise for you. And he says he has one as well. And he goes first. His surprise is on the left side of his chest. He has a picture, like a tattoo, and it's a portrait of her. And he's like, now where's my surprise? But before she could tell him what his surprise was someone is banging on their door and when he opens it you know he has his gun cocked and ready because of what they do it could be anybody but it's a girl it's a girl that Chantel didn't know but apparently Tamir did because he says what the fuck are you doing here and she had never heard him talk to a woman like that before and she says chill Mir you ain't gotta shoot me I just came to meet stepmama." And he frowns at her saying, what the hell are you talking about? And her name is Daria or Daria. Let's go with Daria. And she says, I'm pregnant, Tamir, and it's yours. And this devastates Chantel because she says the one thing she told him or she asked him never to do was cheat on her. And he did. And, you know, of course, he starts on, baby, that bitch lying. Don't believe her. And Chantel's like, so it's not yours? And he says, hell no, she probably ain't even pregnant. And she smiles in relief, thinking like, okay, whew. But then, you know, she had to think about it. But could it be yours, though? And he couldn't answer that question. And, you know, she almost falls, but he catches her. And she tells him, you know, get away from me. And she goes to pack her bags. And she pulls out a suitcase, you know, and she's just leaving and the last thing she threw into the suitcase was her positive pregnancy test so now we're at the present day which is Tamar seeing her at the nail salon or the spa place and Chantelle is holding a baby girl and you know Tamar's like oh you know I wish we you hadn't done that because you know she's family and we deserve to know her and is like yeah you're right and Tamar also says I don't give a damn about you or Tamir overgrown ass but she is ours and we have a right to know her and she has a right to know us and Chantel agrees she says I know Tay I know I'm not gonna lie I was pissed at first and didn't want to have to co-parent with him but as time passed I just didn't know how to tell him. And I knew he was going to be furious after she got here. I swear I've been thinking about how to tell him, especially since he got shot. I never meant for him to leave this earth without knowing her. And her name is Noah, which is Tamir's middle name. And that was so cute. And Tamar feels bad for both of them. They obviously still love each other. But Chantel's pride and pain stood in the way of their reconciliation and that's not the only thing to uh only thing to it is also Tamir's deception and the possibility that he has another baby so it's not just Chantel's fault but of course you know Tamir is Tamar's twin and her brother so she's going to be on his side um but before she leaves you know she got to hold the baby and she tells Chantel you know I have to tell him and Chantel says yeah I know So Tamir is hanging out with his brothers, you know, they're shooting pool, just talking when Tamar calls him and says, you know, I just seen Chantel and she had a baby with her. And the last time when Chantel saw him in the hospital, she told him that she was seeing someone. So, you know, although he's hurt, he's just like, she told me she was seeing someone. I guess she was more than seeing. And Tamar is just like Tamir, you know, stop it. Her baby looks just like us, and her name is Noah. So this is, you know, baffling to him, and it's news to him, and it upsets him, cause he says, "I know she didn't do that. I know that bitch didn't hide my seed from me." And it's just like, dang, how did this go from the lover of your life to now she's a bitch? And you know, he gets into her place, and he's standing over her, and he's just looking at his daughter, cause it's just like, wow. And he says, you know, like, I hate her for what she did, but I loved her her at the same time. And when he gets to her place, the way he wakes her up, because her and the baby are sleeping, and he says, wake your trifling ass up and pack some shit for you and my shorty fast. And she tells him, I know you might want to spend time with her, but I'm not going anywhere with you. And he shrugs and says... I don't really give a fuck. My family and I are at war with some dangerous people who look for any sign of weakness and try to hit us there. My baby will not be staying here for somebody to come along and kidnap her to use as leverage. So get her a few things together and I can buy whatever else she needs. You can stay wherever the fuck you want. Knowing how I got in here and you didn't even wake up, it shouldn't take them long to sneak up on you. After they send about 10 dudes to rape you and beat your ass, they'll make you call me. And I won't answer, bitch. So it's up to you. And this is like, it took me back. Cause it's just like, okay, yeah, you're upset. But all of what you just said is so unnecessary. And I know people say things when they're hurt, but that right there, I, we would probably be done after that. Cause it's just like you saying somebody could possibly rape me and you don't care. And you calling me all these type of bitches. And no, we would be done after that. And You know, she just gets up without saying anything to him and packs her stuff. As they're walking outside to his car, she sees that his car is a Maybach, which, you know, a year ago, that was the car he always talked about getting. And, you know, she says, you finally got the Maybach, huh? And he didn't say anything to her, which... Of course, hurts her feelings, but he doesn't want to talk about it and just wants her to get in the car before she realizes that the car is her favorite color, which is emerald green. And I just thought that was kind of cute. And when they get in the car, she asks him, you know, like, where are we going? And at first he was going to take, take them, like all of them, to his family's estate. But then he takes her to his place and he calls it home. He says, home, we're going home, Dubois, because that's her last name. He calls her by her last name. So Trey goes to visit Shamar's Aunt Amber that she told him about. And he tells her, look, I didn't come to upset you. I just want you to reach out to my girl. You don't seem miserable to me. Maybe your husband fucks around because you do too. Or maybe you don't want to be bothered. Or maybe that nigga is fucking you over and you're a doormat. Whatever it is, if you care about your niece and her happiness, you need to call her and visit her and let her know that you're you're a happy, willing doormat. And, you know, she doesn't even try to defend herself. She just says, okay. Sin is now back to having two times a week lunches with Aaron and she's bored to tears she's there's only so much she can listen to about his plans with his uncle alonzo prince which she didn't even know about until a month ago and trip had to tell her and aaron wants them to be back together and he tells her look sin i know you think you had feelings for that thug but if i hadn't been awake he would have killed our baby you need to put him out of your mind and think about what i suggested suggested a reconciliation Aaron said that they should make a family where their little girl has both parents except she and her little girl cried for Trip every day and Dev texts her while they're at lunch on the day and says she's sick and crying for you and her daddy so she responds you know I'm on my way and Dev says did I say her father I meant her daddy Trip." And, you know, Sin tells Aaron, we need to go because Sin, you know, Sinai is uh sick. And he says, is she sick or does he just not want you here with me? And she says, you know, does not matter right now? I told you before that her ears are bothering her. And, you know, then he tries to look ashamed and says, you're right. I have some business to handle, but text me how she's doing and I'll swing by later. And it's like, so you have time to go on this lunch and to talk about having a reconciliation with the mother of your child. But you don't have time to actually go check on your child. So an unknown number texts Trip, telling him, you need to go see about your family, meaning Sin and Nye. And he doesn't know who this is. So he's like, who is this? And it's Devin. He says, Nye is sick and Sin is out of it. And Tripp is in his feelings. He says, you know, she's reconciling with her baby daddy. Call that nigga. SMH, you got to step up your surveillance. And he doesn't bother to respond because, you know, he's in his feelings. And Sint told him to stay away from them. And at first he had no intentions of doing that. But when he found out that she was back with Aaron, he left her alone because she left him a message saying Tristan you have to stop contacting me Aaron and I are going to see if we can put our daughter's well-being first and work on making up and it's like what about your daughter's well-being is you two in a relationship I have stated time and time again just because two two parents are you know a child's two parents are in the household does not automatically mean that that is A good household, so y'all two don't have to be together for her to turn out to be a good person. Because even though she's what three or something like that, Sanai is a well-rounded little girl, and y'all not together. But you know whatever. But of course, Trip didn't stay away. He came to see about his family, and you know he sees that Sin is holding a crying and whining Sanai, and he actually know what's wrong with her. And when Sinai sees him, she re- reaches out for him and her face is puffy and red. And, you know, Devin brings a towel and says, she's been crying all day for you. Every day. Hell all day. And this upsets Trip because he's like, really? You're going to let her make herself sick like that just to prove a point? And he gets both of them in the bed and puts them both to sleep And sin does it without even fighting him so he knows that something is wrong so he says yeah sin and sanai were my family not aaron's and she's going to start acting like it so you know that means he's going to put into motion getting his family back which is great and tyrese is worried about tamir because he knew that tamir wasn't telling him everything about when he got shot so he was going to go find out some information And that means going to the Texas Medical Center and getting inside of Tamir's doctors, uh, Dr. Elise Rose, getting inside of her office. And, you know, he said he could have waited to talk to her, but he would find out more information from her files than questioning her. And Dr. Rose is described as a well-rounded Lauren London. And like most women his little cocky self the little doctor was feeling him he debated making her admit it but he'd leave the bougie smart chicks to trey he liked his women who liked to get down and tyrese is smart he's been hacking into computers all his life and hers was a macbook so any information he found he could just airdrop it to himself and then he would you know being nosy going through her stuff She has a Bachelor of Science in Biology, honors from UT Austin, and her medical degree was from Baylor. So, you know, she's a very smart doctor. But while he's going through her information, the door opens. So he pulls out his gun. It's Dr. Rose. You know, she's coming back to do some work from a patient that she just can't get out of her head. And, you know, she sees the gun aimed at her, but she doesn't scream. And Tyrese has the nerve to ask her, what are you doing here? And she's like, you got a lot of nerve. You in my office. So how are you asking me questions? I'm calling security. But she doesn't. And, you know, they just do this little back and forth. You're going to jail. Am I? Yes. Call him, Dr. Rose. This is serious. You violated my patient. And he cut her off right there. He's like, I'm not worried about your other patient. I'm only worried about my brother's file. You violated me. When I violate you, doctor, you'll know because you're going to love it. So, you know, this is like a cat and mouse game between the two, but they're feeling each other. And she's going with it until she just thinks about him being younger than her. And he says, yeah, I'm younger than you, but that ain't going to stop you from calling me daddy. And, you know, he just leaves her hot in the panties and she don't know what to do with her, so Shamar and Trey is at her second prenatal doctor visit and they have a little bonding moment where they hear the baby's heartbeat and of course Trey has to be a nigga and he says that shit is dope that's really my little nigga and Shamar's like out, my bad our baby that's really our baby and you know after everything checks out and Shamar cries a little because she just can't believe that she's having a baby. Trey throws a small box into her lap. When she opens it, attached to an 18 karat white gold chain was a circle of life pendant adorned by yellow diamonds and the meaning of yellow diamonds. So I've been looking up what's some good shit that a baby daddy should buy his girl while pregnant and that circle of life shit kept coming up because you giving me my seed are giving my seed life and a circle represents eternity so there you go and it's basically like it's it could be so romantic but trey is trey so you basically just got to take what you can get but she tells him i'm still mad at you you gonna get over it i don't know Trema. You might as well. Ain't neither one of us going nowhere, mouse. And I'm not letting you leave me behind some shit you would never let me explain. And it's just like, what is there to explain? Because, okay, yes. Yes, you were set up. But you still went along with it. So now what? I'm just supposed to let that go? No, and I'm I'm not. And you're not going to make me feel guilty about, uh, about not letting it go. Because it's just like, you don't even apologize. You don't do nothing. It's just she set me up i didn't do nothing it's been three weeks of chantel living inside of tamir's home and they don't talk to each other they're avoiding each other they're only living together you know basically like two ships passing in the night and tamir has built a relationship with their daughter of course he loves her you know and she recognizes her papa now smiling at him getting his attention and she's just sad cuz it's like you're in a house with the love of your life but y'all not in love anymore or you know you don't have the relationship you once had because you both can't trust each other anymore you know he's upset about her keeping the baby away and she's upset about him cheating and possibly having another baby so it's just ugh. so she's sitting at the house with tamar over to visit and tamar tells her you look so sad i hate seeing you like that you and mir have to stop this shit and chantelle tells her you know we don't like or trust in each other, trust each other anymore it's not going to get any better and Chantel doesn't want to talk about Tamir in any way you know talking about him hurts her being close hurts her seeing the way he looks at her hurts you know and still being in love with him hurts she's just in a lot of pain right now and Tamar says you know weren't you seeing somebody recently and she was dating a guy but it wasn't gonna go anywhere because she's still in love with Tamir but you know Tamar has a plan She says, why don't you go out with him again? See if you feel the same way you did when Tamir wasn't in the picture. If you do, fine. You can pursue that. But if you don't, you need to figure out what that means. And, you know, she figures she's right. So she texts Aiden and asks him if he wants to meet up for dinner. And she agrees because it's like, you know, just sitting around this house moping isn't going to do me any good. And Tamar, she she feels bad for what's about to happen but she has to give them a nudge in the right direction and she says I know two things were about to ha- happen Chantelle was about to realize her new boyfriend was only a diversion and Tamir was finna to blow the fuck up because just like men they can do their dirt but the moment a woman and it's not even doing dirt it's just attempting to move on they lose their fucking minds so, of course, you know, Chantel goes out, Tamar is watching the baby, and when Tamir comes home, he picks up his baby, and he's like, Dubois upstairs? is like, nope. Where's she at? You concerned? Could have sworn she says you told her you wouldn't care. She ended up gang raped and beaten. Where's she at, Tay? Where you been, Mir? None of your damn business. Out doing what the fuck you want and fucking who you want while she spends most of her time here? How does that make sense? Tamar, where is Dubois? Out. Can you just tell me where? Wherever Aiden wanted to take her, I guess. And his jaw drops. And you know, this makes him so upset. And he's like, my baby mama thinks she about to be all over Houston with some nigga? nah and it's just like you haven't even been in this house for the last three days you could have been dead for all i knew but you hear that i'm going out with somebody and all of a sudden it's nah nah what and he was dubois first and as far as he knows her only she had birthed my seed she lived in my house and i took care of her she was mine and i'll be goddamned if she and my plotting ass sister was gonna fuck that up and it's like what are they fucking up Cause I hope you don't think like you treat her like that, talking to her like that meant that y'all was getting somewhere. Cause it, it wasn't, it's like, y'all haven't seen each other for what? 15 months. Cause she left when she found out she was pregnant. So you think nine months and then 14 cause the baby was five months. So 14 months y'all haven't seen each other. And when y'all finally do see each other, the messed up stuff you said to her and then y'all never around each other. So what are they messing up to me? And, you know, he hands the baby back to Tamar. She's like, uh, I was about to leave now that you're here. I'm sure you volunteered to babysit, so keep going. And she tells him, you know, don't do nothing stupid. Y'all should have thought about that. What the hell are you tripping about? Y'all not together? Stay claiming you can't stand each other, won't even talk to each other. Since y'all broke up, you've been so free with it. I'm surprised we <laughs> we ain't caught you fucking a wet hole in the ground. But you mad somebody wanted to take her out and treat her like somebody? And I brought, and I bet your trifling ass thinks she's supposed to go without sex too. Selfish ass. And she tells him, fuck you, Mir, I hope that nigga breaks her back. And because he's so upset, he says, You're a stupid meddling bitch. And, of course, this hurts her feelings. And she says, well, I'm going to take my bitch ass home then. And he wants to apologize. But, of course, he can't. So, after Tamar leaves, he doesn't even last five minutes before he's calling his mom to watch the baby. So, when he drops the baby off, excuse me, Trey hops in the car, you know, just to go along for the ride. And while they're driving, Trey asks, so what's the plan? And his only answer is he wants to see what she's doing and Trey is confused because he's like ain't no way I'd be talking about seeing what my shorty was doing with another nigga she'd be seeing that I wasn't playing no games and that nigga would be getting ready to see the roof of somebody's church and to me like he's just confused I want to go in there and blast all that shit but she ain't my girl technically and te- like not tay te- uh, Trey is just he's like you know what is going on talking about technically either she is or she ain't and if she ain't why you got me out here and it's like ain't nobody got you nowhere did nobody tell you to hop in the car i dropped my daughter off you could have stayed right where you was at and you know he's like nigga you volunteered to come and i want to see this nigga set some rules let him know that he better not even lay hands or eyes on noah and (laughs) as crazy as he's portrayed to be trey is my favorite He like you finna meet up with this nigga and set ground rules on how he should date your girl and tamir unfortunately has to face the reality that she is not his girl despite the fact that he wants her to be so trey again you know asking him so what you want to do he said what i want to do You know what the fuck I want to do? I want to bust up in that bitch body that stupid ass nigga for even looking at her. Then drag her little ass out. I want to take her home and remind her who daddy is. Make sure she can never forget. That's what the fuck I want to do. But of course he can't do that. So it's just like, you know, what's up? And as they're heading into the restaurant, Chantel and Aiden are actually coming out. And... He lifts Shan's chin, you know, to kiss her. And next thing you know, to me, it was just a blur of movement. He's He has Aiden on the ground and he is just punching the mess out of him. And of course, Chantel is screaming her head off like, okay, that's enough. Stop, please. And I don't know why she would look to Trey for help. And it's just like, you know, this nigga loves chaos. He loves fighting. He dismembers people for fun and he gets enjoyment out of it how did you think this nigga was gonna break it up but because she was crying and as tough as these niggas is they can't stand to see a woman cry so he pulls his brother off of him and Chantel bends down towards the guy and apologizes to him and this sets Tamir off even more he's like you apologizing to this nigga get up and she tells him that she hates him but he ain't paying her no attention and he just tells her give your keys to Trey we about to go home and when they get home it's nothing but an argument that really makes no sense and he tells her you really think you finna have an attitude with me about some nigga no nah, it don't work like that you were so wrong and she tells him you were so wrong for that that man did nothing to you and you beat him like some type of savage he didn't do anything to you he did do something to me he touched something that belongs to me Now he knows better. I do not belong to you. Aiden is my friend. And what you did out of some fucked up sense of possessiveness is horrible. Exactly. Like, Chantel, you are so right. Like, nigga, I'm not your property. No matter how much you think I am. And it's just like for you to attack somebody that you see me walking with. It's just so, like, it makes no sense. But, you know, he starts walking up on her. What part of you doesn't belong to me, du- Dubois? You gonna lie and say what's up under here? You know he's touching her body, doesn't belong to me. Your breast that nursed my baby, your heart that I know is mine. Your lips don't belong to me, when I can make you fall apart with a kiss. His hands left my breast and traveled down to brush across my stomach. This spot right here, that got big when you carried my daughter. That's mine. And your womb? I'm the only nigga that's ever going to plant babies there. Any seeds that grow there? Mine. And you know, he's seducing her with his words. And she's falling for it because he just has that hold over her. And he says, yeah, you're mine. All mine. I'll kill another nigga before I let him have you. I take care of you. I provide for you. I put this roof over your head and the keys to that bins in your hand. I make it so you never have to worry about money again. You will not disrespect me by entertaining another fucking nigga. You are mine. And everything was going so great until that moment. Because as soon as he said that, she just got out of the mood. And basically, you know, he made her feel like a possession. And it's just like, you pay for me. Like, you are controlling me and she starts stripping off all her clothes and he's like you know what are you doing offering offering you what you paid for no nah, that's not what i meant and you know it well tamir come get what you bought and this makes him so upset and she gets scared a little bit and all he says is fuck you and walks out the door and this makes her cry again but it's just like girl you knew that that was gonna ruin the move like both of y'all did it to each other I'm not even just gonna put that on her both of y'all just y'all so stubborn like I'm with Tamar like everybody can see it but instead of talking it out because what both of y'all she's 20 and he's 21 y'all are kids playing grown-ups and y'all can't seem to get it right because even with all the stuff between y'all sex wasn't gonna help it out anyway so i'm glad y'all kind of ruined the mood and didn't get to go there with each other dr rose is having dinner with her friend who she's telling all about tyrese and how basically he's no good but the friend is like so you let him go without actually calling security like you threatened and she says yeah good he obviously shook your ass up i'm sorry what at least we spend all our time being good and playing by the rules and look at us. Beautiful, accomplished women sharing dinner with each other on a Friday night. Go with what feels good for once. If he can almost make you nut with just his words and his hand, imagine what would happen if you let him into your bed. And then, like, she's just trying to bring up any excuse. But he's a baby. Is he legal? Yeah. Yeah. Girl, then climb on top of him and ride him off until the sunset and get it out of your system. And she thinks about it. And she's just like, maybe he could be something to do until it's time for her to really settle down. So Ty gets a call that one of his close friends has been shot and messed up pretty bad. And a few other people got shot in the trap. So they have to go. He has to stop what he's doing and go see about him. And... You know, John Baptiste got hurt, but their doctor that they usually have on call isn't available. And Tyrese is like, so why can't we do a hospital drop? John Baptiste, you know, he's a Haitian immigrant and his papers aren't right. And, you know, the police are going to ask about the gunshot wound. So it doesn't make sense. You know, like he's not going to the hospital. So we got to find another doctor. And you know Tyrese is like I'll bring a doctor just get him set up so of course he goes to get Dr. Rose and she doesn't want to go at first but he's like please I need you so she goes and you know they quickly get John baptiste patched up and he throws her a bag of money a small duffel bag and she's like you know what is this and when she opens it and sees all the money she thinks about it because her parents who are good people they're offering up their house because her brother is a drug addict and stays in trouble so you know that money will really come in handy of paying off some of her loans and helping her parents out with her brother so you know she takes the money and she asks him you know do things like this happen often so he's looking at her like why and she's like, you know, a side hustle never hurt anybody. So, you know, I'd be willing to do this again. Shamara texts Trey asking him to come over because she's made a decision about their relationship. Trey ain't trying to hear it. And he just says, you know, I'm working right now. I'll get up with you later. And Ty asks how JB is. And, you know, they just say. He's going to make, well, no, Trey asks Ty, excuse me, how JB is. And he's like, you know, he's going to make it the doctor promises to check up on him. And Trip says, I can't believe one of your hoes is a doctor. And, you know, Trey, uh, Ty, these names, I get so confused. You know, he kind of gets offended. He's like, you know, she ain't no hoe, so watch your mouth. And all of the brothers like, excuse me? Not the one who was going to play till he died getting offensive, I mean, getting defensive about a woman. And then the conversation switched to a party that they're having on Saturday. Tavi is finally turning 18, and they didn't want to rent out a club because, you know, his girlfriend's going to be there and she's pregnant, so we want to make her comfortable too. And, you know, the meeting is over. He goes to see Shamar, and he's like, you know, is something wrong with the baby? She's like, no, I just need you to sit down so we can talk. And he's being stubborn. My ears work just fine. And she's like, well, I'm not going to talk until you sit down and do what I say. He snatches the remote out of her hand and throws it against the room. And, you know, it breaks against the wall. And he's like, look, I came like you asked. You think you finna keep playing these games with me and you not. I ain't a nigga to be played with. And she's just like, or what? What are you going to do? And that was the thing he that at that moment he realizes that he's in love with her and that he can't do what he normally do which is torture people or just flat out kill them when they don't do what they want I mean when they don't do what he wants them to do excuse me and he says I don't give a fuck what your little decision is I told you what it was gonna be and that's basically they gonna be together so she might as well just get over it and They have sex. And although they have sex, that still doesn't mean that they're together in her eyes. And she tells him, you know, we have the most unorthodox relationship we met as a result of my being kidnapped. And we had sex within a week of knowing each other because everything was so intense. And then everything with your family business and this undeclared war and Katara and the incident and the accident... With Sinai, and now I'm pregnant all within two and a half months. It's so fast, too fast. And you know, he ain't trying to hear that because when it was just them at his home, he asked her, he was like, You know, is this what you want? Are you going to be in this? And she said yes. And it was like, Even then, y'all had only known each other for what a few days. And he was like, You know, if we going to do this, we're going to do this. Are you in? And you agreed. And she just says, I was caught up. I'm still caught up. And he's like, I'm not trying to hear none of that. But she's like, I think we need to slow down. He said, we just had sex. You're carrying my baby. It's too late to slow down. You win this with me. And all she really wants is a date. Like, take me out on a date. Let's just do things together as a couple would do. And... You know he he's gonna try, and it's like really for somebody like Trey, that's all you can that's all you can work with, really. Trip won't leave, and Sin is very annoyed. And you know he's staying; he's always with the baby. You know they're they're inseparable, and he took he takes Shania to preschool, or what is it three three days a week kindergarten prep. That's what she's doing. And he picks her up. He stays for dinner. You know, he uh, helps her practice her words and math. And he helps her pick out her her clothes for school the next day. You know, it's just so cute. And it's really wearing Sin down because he's so good with her daughter. And he loves her too. It's just like, it's really a series of Unfortunate events that keep happening and also endangering the baby unfortunately <clears throat> and so you know they're going through their daily routine and Trip is about to leave and he tells her I'll be by to get her in the morning oh you don't have to I gotta notice that Bright Heart Kindergarten has an opening and they're considering our application I have an interview in the morning so I can drop her on the way what time do we have to be there and i'm like i don't know why she would mention this trip like he wouldn't say anything about this and she's like uh no you know i got this and he tells her you know thank god good security and i don't like them. she ain't going and it's just like trip do you know that you don't have any say in this sir but of course what do you tell a guy whose family basically runs the city, runs the state. It's just like he has say over whatever. And she tells him that Aaron is going to be there. So, you know, and I don't want any problems. Why are you acting like I ain't got no home training? You know, I care about that baby's education. I care about her safety too. And so, you know, after that, there's nothing she can say. So she just tells him 830. And the next morning, you know, they all get there and they're waiting in the office for the principal to come. And Tripp knows the principal. She, I mean, he sold her son a car from the dealership that they have. So, you you know, like that's a good thing in their direction. And during the whole interview, Tripp doesn't really say anything. He just lets Aaron and Sin talk. But Aaron really isn't saying anything. Sin is the only one. That's talking. And the one time Aaron does speak up, he just says she can be a little hyper. And Trip cuts him off. He's like, you know, she's not hyper. She's vibrant. She's excited about life. Every day with her is an adventure. And then he like stops and he's a little embarrassed, you know, by how lovingly he's talking about her. But, you know, all the women that were in the room are just looking at him and grinning. Because it's just like, ah, oh, a daddy. You know, basically. And at the end of the interview, the principal hugs him. And it just looks like she's in. You know, it's a sure win that the baby will be going to that school. And it's been another three days. And Chantel hasn't heard anything from Tamir until he just walks in. And she asks him, you know, where have you been? And he says is that your business and Chantel has had it she's like I'm leaving I can't live like this I got school you know I can't keep putting my life on hold because you're in some drug war I don't know who you think gonna lay up here single and lonely while you out entertaining every Mika Keisha and Daria in the city and he says take your ass home you're not taking my daughter though And she's like, you know, she's still nursing. You can't take care of her on your own. You just stayed away from three. You just stayed away from her for three whole days. So how do you think you're going to take care of her by yourself? And, you know, she's just like, what about me? What about my life? And she just starts crying. And, of course, like I said, these men can take anything but tears from a woman. So he's hugging her and just you know basically begging her to stop crying like what do you want whatever you want I'll do it just tell me and she's like you know where have you been he's been at his parents house and she tells him you know you didn't have to leave like that from the last conversation big blowout that they had and he's staring at her as if she's crazy like girl you implied that I was treating you like a prostitute I ain't never disrespected you and it's like Can we rewind to the threatening of the gang raping and her not being able to call you? Is that not disrespect? Are we just supposed to forget about that? Let me know. And he tells her, I want you here. I don't want you to leave. You just make me so mad when you say that you hate me and you don't want to be around me. So what are we going to do? I don't know. I just don't know, Dubois. And it's just like, what don't you know? Like, either y'all gonna try to make it work or y'all not. It is date night for Shamara and Trey. And what started off great ended in utter disaster. So Shamara tells him that her aunt called and she apologizes for being distant, but that she is also happy And that she somehow knew that Shamar was pregnant. So she knows that that was Trey's doing. And he tells her, you know, I fuck up all on my own. I'm not paying for somebody else's fuck up too. You know, namely your aunt. And their day officially starts at a play. But Trey falls asleep during the play and he snores. And one of the other patrons tells her, you know, you can do better. And then he also says something to Trey, but Trey tells him, you know, you might want to move along, but you don't get to see no more plays at all. And Shamara is embarrassed by that, and she just wants to leave. But he begs for another chance to make up at the ending of the date, which is dinner. But when they get there, the way—and, you know, I'm not putting this off on Trey. Now, yeah, he fell asleep at the play, but if that's not his thing— I'm not gonna put that on him because it's just like you gotta stop trying to force people to go to things and do things that they don't like. So okay, you trying to be quote unquote sophisticated and enjoy a play and have a nice dinner, and that's just he don't do stuff like that. So hey, whatever. And he also tells her, you know, stop trying to turn me into somebody that I'm not. But okay, at the dinner the waiter is caught looking not once but twice at Shamar's breast so of course Trey is going to say something about that and then the waiter gets shook like literally and with his shaking hand he spills the glass of water that Shamar asked for all over her top so her top is soaking wet so Trey jumps up and he knocks the guy out and it's just like I I didn't see a problem with it but she just acts so mortified and she wants to go home and she doesn't want to talk to him. And the date was just a utter failure. So, woe is Shamar right now. And Trey just can't do anything right. Ty is waiting for Dr. Rose in her office. Because it's about her lunch time and he brought her something. So, while she's eating lunch, he is also eating lunch. He's just not eating food. And when he's, well, when they're done, he tells her, don't make plans for tomorrow night. And she's not really feeling that. A casual affair was one thing, but she just feels like he has the power to have her in her feelings. And a relationship with him is totally unacceptable. So the next morning, he shows up to her house. And she's like, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, I didn't tell you about the plans for tonight. We're going to a party about that Tyrese we have undeniable chemistry and I know that we're going to end up in bed but our worlds are so different from the situation with JB to your clothes and your vehicle I get the feeling that you're involved in some things that may not be good for my career so what are you saying I don't think we should go out together run that by me again let me get this straight not only do you want to work with me secretly you want to fuck me in secret and ty is just ready to go off and he asks her so now you too good for me and then she just feels some type of way and she brings up what i did for jb i could lose my license but weren't you the same woman that asked him if this happens often because a side hustle could never hurt And I hate it because it's just like you do feel like you're too good for him, but you're also willing to be a part of his life just when it's convenient for you. And then you want to have this better than complex later on. The cops and she tells him the cops could follow you here and ruin any chance I have of achieving my goals. I've worked too hard and I owe too much to my parents and myself. Put yourself in my shoes. And, you know, so, of course... The playboy who saw himself opening up immediately closes himself off. You want your back blown out? I could put you in a rotation. You don't have to be so crude. And it's just like... Actually, I do. Because I'm trying to be polite, you know, really trying to court you in the Kinsey way, you know, whatever. But you just completely blow me off making it seem like I'm just some common street thug that you're too good for. So... I'm going to act like that. And then he's just like, you know, put your number in my phone and I won't pop up on you again. I'll just call you when it's business. And not even a few minutes ago, she was trying to kick him out. But now, do you want coffee? And it's just like, so now that he's giving you the energy that you've been asking for, you don't like that. And now you're trying to be polite. And, you know, he's like this is basically her loss because you know his family they own car dealerships they have an advertising firm they have a cleaning service a luxury bread and breakfast they have two salons three barbershops uh their dad flips houses and their mom was a is a realtor for upscale properties it's just like you know and they are about to start a restaurant in hopes of building a chain so it's just like Although they look like drug dealers and they are in the drug game, they have so much more going for themselves. People just see what they want to see and make their own assumptions. And that's what Dr. Rose is doing. And it's going to come back to bite her in the ass. And, you know, their parents instill in all of them getting an education. Trip and Trey, they have their bachelor's. And, you know, once stuff settles down with this business you know like the drug business and being at war with the princes trip and trey were thinking about going back for their masters trey himself he's a year away from being a bi from having his biochemistry degree and he wanted to be a pharmacist get it they're already dealing with drugs and he wants to be a pharmacist never mind and the twins are approaching their senior year so it's just like you know everybody is smart they just choose you know their their style is their style so it's just like I shouldn't have to prove to you that I'm this type of person just so you'll give me a chance so anyway you know that's how they end off so it's just like you don't want to he doesn't tell her any of that you know that's just background to the book so it's just like okay you just think I'm some common thug who has a bunch of women so that's how I'm gonna treat you Devin and Shamar are all together and they're riding around. And Shamar tells them, I think Tremel and I reached an agreement that we could entertain other people. Devin is driving. This fool almost crashes because he says you saying ridiculousness and you almost made me crash my car. And Sin asks her, you know, you're talking about Tremel Kenzie. And Devin has to add Tremel. Nicholas Kenzie <laughs> and then he also asks, was he even there when y'all reached this agreement like are you just basically you talking out the side of your ass and then Sin even asks, you know and was he awake and you know she says yes of course you know I told him this is how it was gonna be and that's how it is and Devin just says hmm let's see how that works in real life They're actually on their way to Tavi's birthday party. I forgot to mention that. And while there, they see Tramiel is entertaining Katara. And Trip has some woman in his lap. And this upsets Sin for some reason. And it's just like, why are you upset? You were the one that said it was over. You don't feel no way type of towards him. And, you know, you're rekindling with your baby's father. But she walks over to the woman and tells her she needs to get up. And the girl says, why? Y'all broke up and I don't see no rings on him anyway. He ain't objecting, so you need to get on. And then she tells her, sorry, boo, this is no longer your man. So Sin turns to Tripp and says, I know you better tell her to get up. And, you know, Tripp just like, she said she heard I ain't your man no more. Am I your man? and you know everybody around knows what's going on he's making sin say it it's just like you know basically we back together but you ain't put no real words on it so you know if you don't say i'm your man she gonna stay right here and sin says yes you're my man so he makes the woman get up but sin takes a cup of liquor and pours it in his face and he takes her you know and they go off somewhere he's like you know tell my brothers i'm gone we out and Shamar sees Katara smiling all up in Trey's face but he's smiling too so she's like but you know what I'm the one that said that we can entertain other people so I'm not even gonna trip off this and Trey's reasoning for talking to Katara is you see what jealousy made Sin do so he's hoping to get the same reaction out of Shamar but Shamar ain't going for it and she is talking to an old lab partner who uh you know she went to school with but he the lab partner's name is Antoine and he happens to be the brother of Dimitri who works with the Kinsey family and you know Trey and Dimitri are dapping each other up and he says you know what are you doing here and he says stopping through with my little bro he knows uh Tavion or Tavion his sister was Antoine's biology lab partner and they're good friends I think he has a crush on her so I guess it'd be your girl's sister too huh and Trey just takes off started walking towards them because he says um Tavi ain't got but one sister so of course Dimitri like puts two and two together he's like man I can't let you kill my little brother and Dimitri makes the introduction between Antoine and Trey, Tamir, and Ty. And he says, maybe you heard that your friend here is his girl. But Shamar says, oh, I'm not his girl. You know, basically shutting that down. And Trey tells Antoine, hope you ain't got plans for my baby mama. I mean, I had my eyes on her for a while. Knowing that she's single now... And, you know, like, they start to go back and forth. And Dimitri says, y'all need to chill. We're allies in this shit. We're not about to fuck it up. We, we're not about to fuck it up over some damn girl. No offense, Trey. And then he tells his brother to step down. And his brother, you know, tries to boss up. But Dimitri is the big brother and he's next in line. So he's like, I said step the fuck down. And he has no choice but to listen. And, you know, so Shamara's standing there alone. And Trey tells her, I told you that you didn't want to play this game because this is how it works. I do what I want. You do what I tell you to do. And then he beckons for Katara, who then tells her not to wait up. And Shamara, like, she held strong until she got home. And she was like, you know, I'm not going to cry. I'm good. But that was until one of the bodyguards said, brought her ice cream and she just cries in his arm and I'm just like wait why are you crying in his arms if anything you know i just accept the ice cream and be like you know thank you you can go back outside and continue to watch the car i mean watch the house you know what i mean and a few days later sin and devin show up you know cuz they're like we're we're done with this and she had been in the house for 3 days she thinking of a master plan it's just like she's not embarrassed anymore she's just mad at how tremell I don't know why I keep calling him Tremell, how Trey did her maybe it's because she does and it's just ugh. it's hard to switch off and also Anton had been sending her flowers and random texts all day so it's just like I ain't got to sit around and wait on this nigga I got somebody that want to talk to me and while all the brothers are out together, Tamira tells Trey, you didn't have to do Shay like that. You're going to fuck around and lose her. Then your ass going to be trying to kill everybody in Houston. I'm not going to lose her. Shorty ain't going nowhere. But she got to learn she can't disrespect me. And it's like, how are you disrespecting? You the one doing all the disrespecting. But we're going to let it go. And then Ty puts his two cents in and says, man, fuck these girls. And Trey like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ain't nobody said all that now. It's just like, nigga, I don't know what's going on with you. But I didn't say fuck my girl. I just said she got to calm down. And everybody can see that Ty is in a foul mood. And he's feeling some type of way. Because, excuse me, the doctor blew him off. And Daria is texting Tamir again. And I'm just trying to understand why does she still have your number? For somebody who's so trifling, was a hoe, you know that baby ain't yours. How can she still get in contact with you? But anyway, she texts him, says, so you entertaining that bitch again, but you can't make time for your son. And in all this time, so what? In all of the 14 months, it's just like, you ain't saying nothing about this child, but now that you know Chantel is back in the picture, now you want to pop back up? And Tamir, why can't you see that? Or if you notice that, why wouldn't you put it so where she can't contact you? But he tells her, I'm going to find you and I'm going to give you to Trey. Of course, she doesn't respond back to that because don't nobody want no problems with Trey. And the next day, sorry, the next day he takes Ty and they show up to her house and she tries to slam the door and not let them in. But of course, you know, they make their way in. And she tells Tamir, I can't stand you. Stay away from me. So why do you keep contacting him then If you feel that way when he finally shows up And he asks you know Why do you keep trying to wreck my happy home I just came to tell you to lose my number In fact lose your memory when it comes to me Was I a hoe when you were fucking me Yeah That's why he fucked you Cause you were a hoe And it's just like it sounds like this You should have left your brother's at home home. Cause Todd But it made sense though and she tells him to shut up. And she picks up a coaster and throws it at him. Ty caught it and threw it back, smacking her in the forehead. You know I play varsity baseball, mom. So I don't even know why you did that. And if I there, if I was there in that moment, I would have been. Cr- I would have died. I, you know how people make the situation worse by doing all that laughing and yelling, like ah, like how a DC Young Fly be hollering. I'd be doing that. I'd be all over the floor. Because just imagine her throwing something at him and him catching it and throwing it back. Like, you know, I play baseball, so you know I got good. <laughs> anyway, so then a door opens and somebody's walking down the stairs. So, of course, Ty and Tamir reach for their guns, and Daria says it's her boyfriend. But it's a white man who's coming down the stairs with a light-skinned baby. And he's like, you know, what is all this noise? Y'all don't woke up Robert Jr. And she looks embarrassed. And it's like, what are you looking embarrassed for? This your boyfriend and you don't name this baby after this man. So she's she. I know why she embarrassed. She see her plan falling apart and she don't got caught up in her lie. But Ty looks at her and says, girl, this light, bright baby is the one you trying to lay on my brother after you done named him after some no- another dude. I swear you take trifling to a whole new level. And Tamir looks at the man and says, are you Robert Sr.? Tell your girl, if she text or calls me again about Robert Jr. and that he's my baby. My sister and her girls are going to beat that ass. Make sure she blocks my number. Matter of fact, I'm getting that bitch changed. And it's like, why didn't you do that from the get-go? And all of y'all standing right there in that room together. I think I did this with the last book of the Thug Series. When it's just like, basically, y'all right there. And it's like, tell da 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 But you standing right there. You tell them. Just word it a different way. Like, basically, I want to make sure we all clear that your woman keep texting me talking about that your baby is my baby. So what are we going to do about that? <clears throat> Excuse me. But she's still insisting that that's his baby. And it's not. But they just walk out and say, you know, don't let this happen again. Tamir's favorite story is Target. So he's making a run there. And while they're, they are there, they run into Dr. Rose. And she is with her friend. But it looks like it could be her boyfriend. All that time, you know, while Tamir, Dr. Rose, and her friend are talking, Ty don't say nothing. But then it's like as they're getting ready to, you know, pass on, Ty says, Dr. Rose, you look really different with clothes on. And he just leaves it there until everybody is looking at him like he's crazy. And then he adds regular clothes, I mean, I'm used to seeing you in that white jacket. And, you know, when they leave, Tamir's like, why you do her like that? She a nice lady. And um he said, You play with these hoes too much. Leave her alone. And this makes Ty upset again. He like, Man, fuck you. You sound just like her. She ain't too good for me. And I know that's his We are introduced to Angel, who is a contract killer who basically does the same thing that Trey does. But he is interested in Tamar. You know, they had a meeting before where he was like the bodyguard, where he was just standing by and he saw Tamar. And ever since then, you know, he's been looking at her. And he gets contracted, you know, to do another killing. And as soon as he opens the envelope to see who the person is... He calls the guy that he was, you know, security for during that last meeting and tells him, I need you to get me a meeting. Anton and Shamar have been going out on dates. And with the help of Sin and Devin, she's been managing to sneak out without Trey knowing anything. And he doesn't seem bothered at all about her being pregnant. He even asks about the baby and you know ask her how she's doing and all that type of stuff so one day she hears a key in the door and she's thinking it's sin but it's actually trey and he just says you said you wanted me to date you so i'm here to take you out said told me you've been inhaling cheesecake so we're going to the cheesecake factory and she's like are you serious you must be crazy i haven't seen you since you humiliated me in front of hundreds of people i wouldn't cross the street with you I have plans anyway. And he's like, You still seeing that dude I warned you about? And she says, Yes, yes, I am. And you know, she's looking cute and he's like, Uh, is that why you look like that now? Go find your fuck buddy Qatar, order her around, leave me the fuck alone. If it's not about this baby, I don't want to talk to you. And you know, Trey is feeling away and he goes back to his parents' house. And, you know, he was going to stay there, but then he decides that he's going to go follow her on this date. But his mom stops him and, you know, she's talking to him. And as he's talking, she interrupts him and says, I, 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 that's all I hear. What about her? What about my grandbaby? You keep talking about respect, but what about love, Tramiel? You know, respect makes you show out. Do you love her? And he has to think for a minute and he says, yeah, yeah, I love her. And she's like, you know, so put your pride to the side and be there for the girl that you love. Ma, I got a name and a reputation to protecting these streets. You more worried about the streets than your home? And, you know, he has to think about it and he promises his mom that he won't go out that night and, you know, won't look for her. But he gets a call from the guy, Daniel, saying my cousin needs to meet with you and trip. And, you know, he's like, I ain't meeting with nobody. He And the guy interrupts. And Daniel is, Angel is actually Daniel's cousin. But he was still working with him that day. And, you know, he's... the name rings clear to Trey. And he's like, you know, he's just as deadly as I am. So why do I need to meet with him? So when they do meet, Angel asks him, you know, you know what I do for a living. And Trey's thinking he's like throwing him shade in some type of way like do you know what I do and he's like that's not what I'm talking about he was like but I get a picture for my intended target and a little bit of a description my latest is in this envelope I want you to take it so when Trey takes it and opens it up it's a picture of Tamar and they put a hit out on their little sister and angel paid the one million dollar bounty and made it clear that she's never to be a target again and the guy's asking like you know what's in it for you and angel says i met your sister she's the most beautiful woman i've ever seen and the guy says so you lost two million dollars because you have a crush on our sister and trip tells him you know think again you ain't got a chance she going to marry a doctor or something like that. And it's just like, how y'all going to dictate what y'all sister going to do? Is, ain't that the same thing that Sim parents probably wanted for her? Dr. Rose parents probably want for her, but they got y'all thug asses. But y'all sister just supposed to settle down with a doctor or something like that. Angel laughs and says, your sister knows the game better than most of the niggas I've ever worked with. You can tell us in her blood. No, nah, it ain't no high school crush. She's a queen pin in the making. I'm going to be her king. I'm staying in Houston till y'all get this mess sorted out. And I'm going to be the invisible part of her detail. And, you know, basically they're telling him, don't even think about it. And Angel says, I'm sorry if I've given y'all the impression that I needed your, per- your permission or give a fuck about what you think. It's just like, basically, I'm letting y'all know I'm going to be her nigga. And that just is what it is. So... Ty is texting Rose, I mean, Dr. Rose and saying, you know, there's a job. Can you ride out of town with me? And she says, yeah. And then while they're riding, riding together, she tells him the way you acted in Target was rude. You didn't have to. And he cuts her off and says, you know, the way you acted like you didn't even know me was rude. Because when they did the introductions, I forgot to mention, she did act like, oh yeah you're his brother right nice to meet you and he's just like oh really and you know as they're riding together they're talking and Tyrese is just like you know she's gonna be mine so for the job he really didn't even need her she just rode together because she didn't work on anybody and you know in the middle of the night when he comes back He's shot, so she does have to work on him, but you know, like there was no major like bloodshed or whatever. But after they get in the bed together, he's like caressing her and filling up on her, and he tells her, You know, did you bring any toys? And she says, No, should I have? And he says, mm-hmm. You should have brought some toys if you wanted to get off. You're not getting my goodies until you decide I'm not a side piece. And she's like, you can't be serious. He says, I have standards, Dr. Rose. And it's just like, rip, he got her back. And she couldn't stand it. She was all in her little feelings. And Antoine and Shamar are on a date again. And he asks her if she wants to go to a basketball tournament. She agrees. And the tournament happens to be the same one that um, Tamir and Tavi are planning. So, you know, the whole... Kings oh excuse me Kenzie family is there and while they're there you know when Tracy sees them together he beats Anton's ass and at first you know Shamar is looking scared of her I mean Shamar's looking scared of him and he's like you know I got something I want to say so he has Tamir go get the DJ's microphone because there was a DJ there you know playing music and all that type of stuff and this is what he says. I'm going to say this publicly because I've done so much other shit publicly. And I want to set the record straight. I um care about you. And it's just like, that's the best you got? But then he continues. You make me happy. Ain't nobody on this earth ever made me feel like you. I know you my sunshine and soft. But it's more than that. You're my everything. Seeing you with someone else. I ain't going to never be able to deal with that, shorty. I just ain't built that way. I'm sorry for hurting you. I guess what I'm saying is, I love you, Mouse. And, you know, this is a big deal because it's just like, what? The craziest nigga ever that slice up people and tell stories while he killing people. And, you know, just ain't nobody ever seen him be, quote unquote, soft. So to see this moment is crazy. And, you know, she doesn't say anything for a while. Then she steps up to him and smiles and says, I love you, too. And, of course, here comes Katara walking up with tears in her eyes, says, so that's how it is? You're going to humiliate me like this? And she turns to glare at Shamar and says, don't get too happy. He'll be back shortly. So Shamar slaps her, then grabs her hair and hits her in her temple with her fist. And, you know, then Chantel and Sin try to jump in and was like, you know, we got this. And Katara's fists are aiming for Shamar's belly. So then Trey yokes her up and tells her, if you ever try to hurt my seed, I will make you watch as I kill everybody in your trifling family. And then he like throws her. So she lands on her back and slides across the floor. And then he turns to Shamar like, how are you going to put our baby at risk like that? It's just like, you know what? I'm tired of you and her. Yeah, and what's about to start another argument? He's like, we're not doing this in public. Let's go. So, Chantel and Tamir are in a good place. He's walking side by side with her, happy because they won the basketball game. Because, you know, Tamir is described as he could have been the next, what, LeBron or Kobe Bryant, but his heart ain't really in basketball. So, he does what he does. oh excuse me and as they're walking outside here comes Daria with her baby and her friends and Tamir looks at her and says don't bring your ignorant ass over here and (laughs) Sin is hilarious she's like baby hold my hoops these my good hoops and it's just like didn't I already beat your ass for approaching us like you ain't got no sense and daria's friends are like yeah but she got her hitters with her today try it today and see what happens old foreign hoe and sin sin is hilarious she says my girl might be foreign but you know what's all american this blunt force trauma i'll put upside your head if you bitches think you gonna jump her please get froggy please and tamira says ain't nobody jumping nobody unless they want to end up floating in one of these bayous and Daria says, look, I didn't come here for no mess. I can't. And it's like, girl, yes, you did. That's exactly what you came here for. Um. But I just want you to acknowledge your son. And Tripp laughs and says, talk about that glow-in-the-dark baby you named after a wife." <laughs> I'm sorry. That part cracks me up. No matter how many times I done read this book. Um. And, you know, this upsets her. And she's like, because of Chantel, I had to make sure my baby would be taken care of. And I knew Robert was a good man. And Chantel tells her, here's a thought. Instead of depending on a man, you can get an education and a job. That way, all you need a man to do for you is his part dealing with his child. You wouldn't have to be as desperate as you sound right now. Which is like, girl, you do sound desperate. And it's just like, ain't nobody... Bringing up the fact, girl, ain't nobody heard from you in 14 months. But yet, here you go. Because she back in the picture, you bringing up this baby. I'm like, why did nobody say nothing about that? And he's like, he tells Daria, that baby don't look nothing like me. Look at Noah. She looks just like me. And Daria is throwing shots, honey. She said, I have strong genes. I didn't lay back and get run over. And then she says, it's not fair to Bobby. Bobby? Unless his last name is Brown, you set him up for ass whoopings in the hood. <laughs> him and Sid, like they perfect for each other. They always got something to say. And you know, she says it's not fair. He's your family too, and she has tears in her eyes. Tripp claps his hand. Damn girl, you a whole an actress? Look at your multi talented ass. And it's just like you know what? I can't deal. But Chantel says, give us a test. Let DNA speak. If he's Noah's brother, y'all go from there. And she just swallows but doesn't say anything. But Tamir Niles like, yeah, give me a DNA test. And Sin says, uh, that shit struck fear in your heart, didn't (laughs) it? And, you know, she walks off. And Tamir says, baby, you know, he's like, don't even worry about it. But... She tells him, it shouldn't even be a possibility, to Tamir. I don't want to talk right now. He's like, we ain't going back. We're going forward. Let's just find out and go from there. Go where? If that baby's yours, he's, he absolutely should be in your life. And I want Noah to know her project, twin. But you and I, we can't go anywhere. I could love your child. He's half you. But I can't live the next 18 years with Daria. I'll end up in jail. The brothers managed to kidnap stefan who is alonzo prince's son and two of his goons they cut will trey cuts out stefan's tongue when he wouldn't talk and then when he goes to the next guy he says let me tell you a story so once upon a time there was a little boy he never knew who his real daddy was his mama loved him to death and did everything for him He didn't have much time to worry about his deadbeat sperm donor, donor, especially because he ended up with a cool ass stepdad. But one day as a young man, he just had to know. So he did some research. Know what he found out? He discovered that his beautiful mama had been raped. That's why she never told him about his father. He was a child of rape. He felt that he would never hurt a woman like that. He found it to be one of the most disgusting, disturbing acts that could happen. He passed those ideas on to his four sons. They find it just as terrible as their father. You know who those brothers are? Of course the guy shakes his head. And Trey says, oh, I think you do. And all four of them raise their hands. And then the guy realizes what's going on. And Trey continues with his story. He says, my brother Ty found a young lady assaulted in a house with you and the other two. He was pissed off. And the guy swears that he had nothing to do with it. And it's like, even if you had nothing to do with it, you were there while it happened and you didn't stop it. So Shamar is at home. And the day after the game, you know, her and Tremel had made up. So she's at home getting some sleep. But Sed wakes her up and tells her that her brother... Has been trying to call her and that Nene, his girlfriend, is having the baby. So she needs to get up and he'll take her to the hospital. So after they leave the warehouse, Trip speeds back to get home to Sin and I. And he finds Sin in the living room and he notices that she's been crying. And she tells him that Aaron used his money to declare her unfit some judge awarded him custody and he's going to take her daughter or their daughter and you know he's coming on Monday and Trip ain't going he like ain't nobody taking our baby nowhere and she's like how can you stop him he has a court order and Trip, his work phone rings so he has to answer it and it's a text and when he reads it and shows it to send whatever it is on the message He has to catch her as she collapses. So Trey gets home. And before Shamar had left, she left him a note. And the note is saying that she's going to the hospital because they're about to have the baby. So Trey calls Tavi and, you know, like, what hospital y'all at? Because I'm about to come with y'all while y'all have the baby. And when Tavi realizes what's going on, he says, fuck. Fuck. And it's like, bro, we're not at the hospital. She's not about to have the baby right now. So somebody lied to get her out of the house. And Trey just tells him, call my family. And Tamar is out the door. And she sees a shadowy figure dressed in black. And they must have taken her porch light out. So she reaches for her gun. But the guy is faster. And he aims his at her head. And he extended his hand to take hers and he gestures with the gun, you know, come on and walk out in front of me. And she fights for a little bit, but the guy manages to subdue her. And I guess on the other side of town, Tamir can feel something is wrong because he says something is wrong with my twin, call her. And, you know, they don't get any answer and he calls Austin who was one of Tamar's details and says where's my sister? Somebody knocked him over the head and Tamir just tells the guy I'm going to kill you slub." But Austin says that the guy left a note, I mean a card. And when they get the picture of the card, it looks like a terror card a terror is it terror terrent card and it looks to be in French or something like that. And Chantel says, I think this is called the Prince of Darkness. So they think it's the Prince family. So the Jane Doe that Ty found at the Prince's house is awake and she is vowing to get Stefan Prince back for kidnapping and raping her multiple times. And they had been injecting her with heroin, trying to turn her into a prostitute. But she does remember a Kinsley touching her face and promising to help her. And she vows to find out who he is and thank him personally. And that is how book two ends of The Beauty of This Street Love, A Texas Tale. And I will see you guys tomorrow for part three. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.